And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. On today's episode, we are going to dive into the importance of understanding our purpose. We're going to talk about creating a lasting legacy in a business and in our personal lives, how we have an impact in the world. And we're going to talk about the importance of having, you know, business being personal and the importance of being intentional and using innovation in our lives. So here we go. Let's get started. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Alex Bruckman. He is a entrepreneur and author, and he has a book coming out in the next couple of months called The Strategy Legacy. And from that book, he will be offering a masterclass where he'll help you walk through that framework to adapt it to your needs. And he will focus on the nine elements of organizational identity. And I can't wait to talk to him about impact we can have with our businesses and creating legacy from that business. So I want to welcome to him today. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me, Kristen. It's great to be on your show. Absolutely. So the first thing I would love for you to do is tell us a little bit about your background and how you've built and scaled and um, exited companies and how you're helping businesses now around the world. Oh, that's a loaded question. A lot of stuff in there. Let, let, let's try and keep it uh, com- uh, compact. Let me put it that way. So I think what's really interesting um, about my journey is that it touches various aspects of um, how you can make money in life, right? So um, First of all, I was a I was a radio journalist, a content creator. Um, then I realized that's probably not what I want to do for the rest of my life, even if I loved it. There were other things that interested me. So I pushed myself out of the comfort zone and said, let's study business administration, which honestly completely sucked. I didn't like it at all. Um, it was super dry, but I, I met some awesome people there. So this it was totally worth my time. Um Later, I started a career in, after, after studying, I started a typical career in a big corporate environment. So um, did that for many years and then realized, hmm, interesting. What I learned is probably applicable to other companies as well. So I worked in the strategy space already back then and became um, an employed management consultant. After some time, I realized that this is kind of nice. I learn a lot working with different clients. Um, but at the end, like seven, eight years into it, I pushed myself again out of the comfort zone and moved from Germany to Canada, which in that context meant I needed to hand over my responsibilities to other people in the company and uh, completely started out on my own as an entrepreneur. So I have this corporate consulting and entrepreneur mishmash kind of life that um helps me understand the issues of many different people in, in their specific context. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that gave us a pretty good background of the different things you've done and sort of your perspective, right, on business and sort of the world, right? So one of the things I love that you just mentioned was, you know, well, one, you continued to change, right, change careers or try something new. And I love that you said it, you kind of kept pushing yourself out of that comfort zone. And I think that's a super important 
key or element often to successful people and however we define that. So is there anything just about that even that you can speak to? You know, like, was it just because you found yourself being curious about something else or was it because you wanted to push yourself or what was that drive? You know, is there something behind that? I remember one particular situation where I was, it was March, end of March, 2007, when I um, was in Uruguay for a semester abroad. And I was sitting on my bed and I was crying. A grown-up man back then already, like um, nearly 30 years old. Yeah. And I was just, I realized that I pushed myself so far out of the comfort zone that it scared me mm-hmm. a little bit because I realized back then that my level of Spanish was probably not necessarily sufficient to study in Spanish, uh-huh. which I had to do in Uruguay because I realized, hmm, all the classes are in Spanish and I'm actually the only foreign student here, um, which was probably one of the best decisions of my life. Um, I stuck with it. Um, My back then girlfriend um, just told me, she kind of reframed and reminded me why I did that. It was the exact reason I went there was to expose myself to something completely new because I was curious about it. So the curiosity drove me there. And then um, with a little help, (laughs) I actually stuck with it which um, is a, it's a situation in my life that I very often remind myself of when I'm in, a, in, a, in an uncomfortable place, um, just because I started with maybe a new client or a new project, or when I started my business two years ago. Um, there are often those situations where like, I wonder whether this was a really stupid decision, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you realize you stuck through something that was very hard, over various months that pushed you to the edge of your existence, basically, because you realize that this could change everything. If you, if you just stop, where do you go from there? So stucking through it, reminding me that this is what I really want, helped me to actually get in life to where I am right now, which is a pretty awesome place, but it wasn't easy. Oh my gosh, that is such a great example. One, I love it because like you said, you were like curious and thought, why not? And then later you thought about, wait a minute, what does this actually look like? But what's cool about that is, you know, they say all the time is we do, we are going to feel uncomfortable a lot of times, even with business growth, right? Or in our personal lives, when there's about to be a growth of explosion or we're starting something, a lot of times there's going to be resistance or there's going to be trouble, right? Something's not going to go well. We can't just quit and give up. I mean, I guess you could. But it's like, if we get through that thing, you realize on the other side of that is usually some wild, you know, success or achievement, or like you said, getting to that next rung. And so I think that's a great example. And I think, uh, you know, they often say a lot of times the younger people coming up right now don't always have that stick to itness or that persistence. And, you know, your point was like, you just kind of had the moment and then you reframed it. You kind of let yourself sit in that for a minute. And then you realize like, no, I'm here because I wanted to do this, even if it's hard, you know? So I think that's a great example of how that skill has served you well in life and how we all need some of that skill, you know, and the more we develop it, I think the more opportunities we have that will be there and then we can, you know, grow from. You know, in a lot of moments in life, you'd be like, am I good enough for this? This imposter syndrome coming through and actually brutally standing in the way of us succeeding. Um, and I mean, just you, you mentioned my new book, writing a new book is kind of 
who wants to read that? Like 90% done and you're like, nah, this is not good. <laughs> no yes. one's going to take value in that. And you're like, stop sabotaging yourself. You can do this. And if it's valuable for you to write it down, there must be someone who loves that. So this is just an example of overcoming your, your own saboteurs yeah. early in life. And even if it's a minor topic, can serve you very well down the road because you realize that what you feel in one given moment is not necessarily the full picture. So sitting with it and letting those feelings even if they are not nice to explore, but exploring them, giving them the space yep. kind of takes the edge away. And you realize, hey, this is okay. I can feel like that sometimes, but um, this is probably not the only feeling. And when you stick with something and give it the time that it needs to unfold, you, you might realize you were right in the first place, but you might also realize, wait a minute, I'm so grateful I stuck with it. I worked my way, way through it. I pushed through that barrier. Because at the other end, what I have now, what I see now in my own potential is something that I would have never ex expected. Oh, yeah, you're so right. And uh, two things they say, right, is often, in, you know, especially in business, people quit before they were like right on the cusp, right? And they say that all the time. It's like the people that they've just gone a little further, they might have reached that level of success, whether it was financial or, or scaling or whatever it was. And, you know, so I think, if we hear that message more often, maybe we'll remember, like, just go a little further. If this deep down feels like the business you really want to build and, and you just got to stay with it. And there's going to be a lot of rejection or a lot of uncomfortable feelings. And then they also say, of course, you know, our feelings will betray us, right? Because it's just a feeling for that moment. It's our ego. And if we can just kind of like, hold on, hold on, like, is this really the path I want, at least for now? And if it is, we have to just choose to keep showing up, right? Like, this is the goal I want. Um, for instance, with the podcast, so I launched this year with it, but you know, everyone says, but you have to just have, you have to want it so bad because they said you have to put in at least a year, but a lot of podcasts, they only get two weeks in and they quit. In other words, they didn't even, cause they weren't committed to the process. Like I'm committed to like, I'm doing this. This is the long-term thing I'm doing. It's happening. I mean, it's been, you know, I think I'm in 75 episode in, in already, but like, I know that's the platform I'm passionate about. I want to do. So for me, I see the long-term, but it doesn't mean I don't have days that I question myself like, oh, this isn't going, you know, it's not growing as quick as I want. But then I have to say, hold on, I am in the top 10%, but that's, that's not very, it's not great. It's not bad, but I'm trying to get, I want to get to the top 1%, right? Well, I'll, I can get there. It just takes time. And I have to not let the feet, the moments of like, oh, why can't it grow faster? But I'm where I'm at in my journey. I'm not where someone is at six years into their podcast. I think people have to understand one thing in life, especially now with social media and all the shiny objects that are right at, the, at your fingertip on your phone. Success is always, always a long-term project. There is no overnight success. There is no stardom overnight. All those stars that you see that you haven't heard of your entire life and all of a sudden they are big, they work their way through years and years and years. I, I was just recently reading an article about the beginnings of Netflix. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows Netflix. They are in more than 190 countries in the world. Three years ago, four years ago, who knew Netflix? Netflix was founded at the end of the 90s. That's right. So success doesn't come overnight. Something 
there's always more underneath. You need to grow roots before you can grow tall. And if you don't get that concept, you will always be an instant gratification junkie rather than someone who wants to work and put in the hard work um, to then reap the, the success. And if you don't build roots, the first storm will just wipe you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so such good examples and I love it. So let's dig in a little bit more to, you know, a lot of the stuff you help businesses with, you know, so let's talk about, you know, why do we create a business? Like how, why do we need to know our why for this business that we're building? And then how do we create, and I know this is like three parts, so we can kind of jump in whatever you want. How do we create like a legacy because it's so important to us? Um, and then how do we have impact with this thing we're building and, and why is that important? Most people that actually start companies, they don't start the company because they want to make money. Of course, there are businesses that are being created with the sole purpose of making their owners richer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the typical entrepreneur. That's not the typical business owner and founder. What, what drives us founders, and I include myself here, is we, we know a lot about a certain topic. And we feel that there is value in it for other people that we want to support and serve. So there is an innate passion that drives us and a certain purpose that drives us. Um, And when I use the term purpose, it's kind of twofold. It's one is what is the purpose of my business? For example, serving a certain client, Mm -hmm. a clientele, a client group, um, and helping them through the issues that I'm uniquely positioned to solve. But then there is this second layer, this deeper layer of purpose. What is it that I want to contribute to this world? What is it that I want to bring to the planet, to society, to mankind as a whole? And that can have a connection to my business. It can be, on the other hand, that my business is just the vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. I give an example. Um, my purpose is fairly broad, my deeper purpose. It's about helping people build better businesses. But in the end, what I'm really passionate about is helping them understand that as an entrepreneur, as a company, even as large organizations that I work with, they have a responsibility for us, for our planet, for our children. So you cannot just make billions in revenue and I don't know how much in profit and then be like, yeah, let's sponsor the youth team around the corner and give them 2000 bucks a year so that they can run their, um, their sports team. That's in no way what I'm talking about. I'm talking about helping preserve the environment, um, helping erase racial inequalities, like standing up as a valuable member of society and working towards something that is sustainable, both environmentally speaking, um, society, anything that is making this world more just and more livable. And this links to the topic of legacy that you mentioned, Kristen. It's just like you, you can't just look on your job, on your house, on, on your life. You need to understand that you're part of something bigger. And if you are a company owner, that is something that is totally familiar for you because you are in touch with clients. You are in touch with your employees. They have families. That's something normal for you. Where, where it becomes fuzzy is when, when you take a look at larger corporations. 
they often really don't act that way. And um, I, I just recently talked to to someone who said to me, for him, leadership is is the way he leads must be something that his kids would say, yes, that's okay, dad. So lead as if your kids are watching, he said. And I love that sentence so much because all of us, kids don't care about money. Kids don't care about profit. They even don't understand the concept of money until they reach a certain age. And if you lead in a way, if you lead people and you lead the business in a way that is that goes beyond money, we're talking about real impact on people. We're talking about building something better, so, something larger than life. And that's what legacy is all about. It's not the paycheck or the home that you pass on to the next generation. It's how people look back at you and realize how you help them grow, how you help them live their best lives, how you help them um, fulfill their dreams, go after a certain passion. That's, that's real legacy. So legacy is something impacting directly the people in your area or within your responsibility. It's the legacy that you leave as a leave behind as a company, right? Um, I mean, my, one of my favorite examples in this context is Coca-Cola. Um, they are said to be one of the biggest plastic polluters on the planet. Is that the legacy that this company wants to have? Right. I'm not sure. So what they do is they start to greenwash, um, partnering with World Wildlife Fund and doing some really greenwash things that are, everyone can look through. So they're not really serious about this whole topic. Right. You, if, and, and that's what I mean. What, what your legacy is, is kind of, you can work towards it. Just, just take a look at how much money you make and how much money you spend on offsetting the negative impacts of your business. Yeah. Um, so legacy is the threefold. The people you impact directly, the people you impact through your company, and basically with that, society as a whole. I hope this makes sense. Oh, it does. Well, and actually, I'm glad you gave that example, you know, Coca-Cola, because to your point, just because we say, you know, a business says, or we say as a person, I mean, you know, as our own legacy, that we want to have impact in some area, you know, you make a statement that we're talking about taking that to a level where it's, you know, philosophically, you believe it, and then you take that action, and you continue, like you said, to make an improvement in the world in these, these areas, or like you said, you don't, you don't harm the world either, right, with what you're doing in, in business practices. So no, I think those are really good examples. And I think it kind of makes the point that you can start a business, but you really do need to think about all the pieces of it. You know, I know, and not that we were planning on talking about this today, but I know, you know, for instance, Benefit Corps and other types of businesses have gotten more popular because it's trying to look more closely, right, at the relationships with your customers and then the people you work with, right, your vendors or your uh, manufacturers or whatever it is, and then kind of giving back, right? And so I think that's one reason we've seen an increase in businesses like that, or businesses just taking this more seriously, because people are realizing there's a lot, there's a much closer connection to the work we do, you know, and like you said, what our business does in the world or how it har how it could harm and how we could then improve those practices. Yesterday, I talked to someone who told me about their daughter, um, highly educated, works in the mining industry. Five years into her, into her career, she realized that this is killing her because she sees what the company does to the planet. Mm -hmm. And so she spends her spare time um, volunteering, saving birds and turtles, trying to offset the negative impact. And it's tearing her apart. It's tearing her apart on the inside. Yeah. Um, so 
it's the young generation that does not want to have a, an employer that talks purpose and then does something else. The younger generation wants purpose that makes them sign up, but then they want to have impact. They really want to see that they are part of something good, a driving force for change, for something positive. They are, they are not falling victim to the veneer you wrap around your company and still rotten on the inside. You will lose those people very, very quickly, and you won't be able to replace that talent um, because people talk. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. And you're right. That's great that people more people are coming up now, right? Or we're learning more. And so we're not just going to take the job, to your point. If it if it makes us feel that terrible because they are doing things that are harmful or or not helping, then to your point, I think now we realize like, whoa, we have more choices. We can choose to align ourselves, you know, if, if it's not our company, but we're working with a company, align ourselves with things like you said that make us feel good and that we feel like are benefiting the world, you know, and benefiting other people. So yeah, that's, that's really good. So let me ask you about this established business. You understand the clarity and the vision and your purpose, but where are you seeing that people need to sort of work on that area? Cause obviously you help established businesses, huge corporations, and then smaller, you know, maybe things with those areas. So where are the pitfalls and how do we improve in those areas? Like how do we add to that strategy? So talking about strategy depends on the maturity level of your business. Are you a startup? Are you um, an established company, maybe around five, 10 years? Are you a large corporate, uh, a large corporation with global players? So when I work with entrepreneurs, um, smaller business owners, mm-hmm. it's often really around understanding the concept of strategy as such. For many, this is a concept that seems like, um, I don't need that. That's for a big corporate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know my business in and out and, um, I am very successful how I run my business. Yes, you are. And if you understood the topic of strategy, you could avoid so many issues down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, an example is when you, when you run a business or you've, you've been running your business fairly successfully, um, success is often our biggest enemy because it makes us complacent. We sometimes believe that it, first of all, will continue like that. <laughs> And it's it, you need to be kind of paranoid in order to understand how to not fall victim to this. Mm-hmm. So successful businesses reinvent themselves over and over again. And that's what strategy is all about, to understand how your next development stage should look like in order to stay relevant for your clients, um, in order to stay relevant in the market. We often talk about these S-curve jumps, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this slow slow start, you build something and then the S takes shape and you have a high growth um, phase and then all of a sudden you reach the next plateau. The magic happens when you realize that your growth is kind of um, slowing down mm-hmm. and instead of trying to work harder with what you do, um, of course, operational excellence is good. You can do that. Mm-hmm. At the same time though, you need to understand that this is the, perfect time to start thinking about the next S-curve jump. And, and that helps you to grow your business continuously. But it needs a strategic approach to that. That's nothing you can do by just sticking in the operations and just being head down fully in all the time. You need to stay back, step back, take a helicopter perspective and approach business from a different angle. If we talk about large corporations, on the other hand, 
they have great leaders, managers, well-educated, know all the business stuff. Some of them actually have gone through a similar career as I have as management consultants. So I, I don't come in and tell them about S-curves or anything, how to approach um, strategic development. What, what I help them actually is I guide them through a process as a facilitator. So I basically use my, my framework of the nine elements of organizational identity and help them reframe their strategy or shape a new corporate strategy in the sense that I help them put it on paper. I help them link their new vision, which is nothing else than the target state of your organization some years down the road. I help them link their vision and their purpose. So how does it shine through? How do they bring it to life? And then I help them break down this vision into actionable buckets and priorities because large organizations have the same issue as, as an individual a day only has 24 hours <laughs> and you can't do everything at the same time. No matter how large you are, how many employees you have, there's always a finite number of hours and a finite number of months and projects you can handle. So I help them prioritize the focus areas that really help them bring their vision to life, um, prioritize accordingly and actually work through. Um, yeah. The tricky stuff, meaning how do I actually take my priorities now and how do I bring them into action? And, and this is different than with um, smaller companies because um, some of the nine elements of organizational identity are really about how do I break down strategic goals into operational goals? How do I break them down into individual targets? How do I enable and then empower my people um, and help them see how they fit into the bigger picture? The larger an organization is, the more difficult that becomes. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, you have a handful of employees, maybe you just gather them around and talk to them, right? You may even include them in the design process of your new strategy. You invite them into your brain and, and, and help them challenge some of your assumptions. You listen to them and their ideas. It's a different process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So obviously, when you were talking back about, you know, some of the smaller companies or newer companies, not the big corporations, I think when you were talking about the S-curve, right, and how you kind of plateau, I'm assuming sort of what you're alluding to was that that's when you you need to be looking at innovation, right? Like, in other words, not just say the course necessarily, but how do we improve? How do we offer um, something new or add on to something? So is that sort of what you were sort of alluding to it when you were talking about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And innovation can have very, very different um, shapes and forms. Sure. It can be client-driven. You ask your customers what they believe they need in the future. It can be technology-driven, um, whatever it is. Um, but in the end, we're talking about doing things in a different way. Yes, it's innovation. And when you say that's one of the bigger pitfalls that happens is people do, like you, I think you sort of alluded to, they get comfortable, right? Mm. We get comfortable, we get complacent. So we're not really designing in the innovation or at least regularly enough. So do you see that that's sort of a challenge for people as they're not designing that into their business? It's a challenge, however big your organization is. Some of the biggest companies, most famous brands have failed in the past 20 years yeah. because of that. They have just forgotten about listening to clients, observing market needs. They were so stuck into their own political games internally that they forgot the world around them and then the world forgot about them eventually. Right. 
And one of the biggest pitfalls in strategy is that your strategy, your strategic plan that you write down <laughs> is actually an operational excellence program. It's just doing what we've always done, but this time really good. This time we're really efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't ask themselves, are we doing the right things? They just be like, let's do what we do in a better way, in a more efficient way. It's not about effectiveness anymore. And when you take a look at that, and um, my favorite example in this context is McDonald's. If you take a look at the McDonald's strategy, at least what they publicly um, promote as their strategy, it's about selling more meals more regular to more clients. That is the perfect example for operational excellence. It's not about doing something radically new and different. Right. It's um, about installing uh, machines in their uh, in their restaurants that basically you talk to an order um, instead of talking to a human being. That's operational excellence. It's, it's not innovation. It's not strategic, right? right? And I, I believe that especially small companies mm -hmm. have a unique opportunity. They are super, super fast. If they want to change something, they can do that very, very quickly as opposed to the big corporations that are like super tankers, really hard to steer. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So uh, just on that topic, so as far as innovation or just kind of things that you see companies are struggling with, I mean, is there anything that we can do, right, as, as we're building companies to account for that? You know, is it regular talks about that? Is it like you said, like we need to revisit like what's going on in the world? Is it doing like a SWAT regularly? Like what what do you recommend? This is actually something very simple, uh, just yeah. as you described it. Um, it's about raising your awareness about the topic in the first place. Then if you if you want, regularly take that step back and take a look at your business from a helicopter perspective and ask yourself, are we still running in the right direction? Does this still make sense? Do we really live our purpose? Are we creating the impact that we want? Are we developing the company as we want it to look like in several years down the road? Mm -hmm. So if you are too close to the picture, you often don't see the full beauty of it, right? And uh, if you take one step back, you can way better enjoy what you see. You can take it all in and then you can go closer again and... Um, just examine one area or the other. But it's really, in the end, strategy is something, it's it's like a muscle that you need to train something regularly. Because um, if you don't, it feels difficult. If you do this once a year only, hmm, I'm not sure whether this is really helping you strengthen that muscle. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, one last thing before we kind of wrap up on any resources or things that you might recommend. What about, is there anything related to, you know, how we position our company as far as the story, right? The stories are how we connect with our clients and then just kind of the why. And I know the why goes back to purpose and the things we talked about, but is there anything else you'd add to that part of the conversation? I believe that um, business is personal, business is human, and business is a story. You cannot sell a product or your service or technology if you are unable to tell people how they will benefit from it. So, and, and this is always a story. It addresses a need. It addresses a pain point. It helps them see, it helps them live a better life. Whatever it is, become a storyteller. Help people see what the value is for them in working with you, in using your products. It's, I see so many people and, and I did that myself in the past. I know how it feels. You, you're trying, 
to sell your products and you're trying to push even harder. It's not about pushing. It's about creating the pull. And the pull is harder to create than just pushing, but it's the only way. Um, I just read a quote yesterday before I went to bed. I don't remember it entirely in its entirety, but it was something along the lines of, um, your, you don't find your best clients, they find you. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not about sitting in your chair waiting and turning your thumbs. It's right. about creating the pull. It's about becoming, it's about telling the story that resonates with the need of your target group, and then they will find you. Mm. I, I, you know, I like how you explain that though, about the pull, because of course, you know, I've talked to other people about, you know, the importance of story and the personal aspect of that, and that that's really what you have to do, right? To sell a service or product, because they're not really selling it. They're, they're buying the change, the transition, the transformation, the improvement, you know, whatever it is. And so I love the idea that you talked about, about it being a pull, right? Instead of a push, because you're right, the harder you try it, it's not going to work if things aren't, if the, if the customer doesn't understand, you know, what, what does it mean to them? Right. So I think that's really great. So are there any resources, whether it's books, podcasts, things you've seen that you would recommend to people when they're trying to work on this? And of course, I know you obviously have your toolkit as well. Yeah. So um, there is a ton of free resources on the internet um, that you can just get in order to start wrapping your head around the topic of strategy, for example, purpose-driven, impact-driven strategy. I tried to add my five cents and um, I created the Intentional Strategy Toolkit. It's you just go on my website, alexthestrategist.com. It's right there on the landing page. It says, yes, give me the Intentional Strategy Toolkit. You click the button and you get it for free. It is, I think, a 20-page document, something like that, that is guides you step-by-step through a process that helps you create your vision, so your desired state of your business in the future. And honestly, I think you can also use it for you as a personal individual. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a business. You can also decide, hey, I want to up my game as a parent. How do I do that? So, So define that future state and then break it down into priorities. How do I actually get to that vision step-by-step. It's on my website. Just download it. Have fun with it. And if you were stuck at any point in this process, I'm always there for you to hop on a free call with you, no strings attached. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I took a look at it this morning. And actually, I did. I liked how you designed out the buckets and things. I know they're probably not called that. But, you know, I, I thought it was very well done and it was easy to follow. So I think that was that's a great resource. So Alex, how can people find you and connect with you online and, and keep up with when your book's coming out and all that good stuff? You know, apparently um, nowadays we are on all those awesome platforms from um, LinkedIn to Instagram and Facebook. But the easiest way to find me is on my website, um, alexstrategist.com. There are all the, um, the the social links are there. Um, you can also sign up for my newsletter. Um, it's It's not like a sales newsletter or anything. I really love adding value to my uh, to my community. Um, I regularly inform about books that I um, that I love. Um, I talk about other um, strategy-related content um, that I found that I share with you. And um, of course, I talk about um, my new book, when it will come out and, and the progress on the way. So I invite you to be part of that journey. I also regularly inform about new podcasts I'm on. So Christine, your podcast will be featured in my newsletter as well very soon. It's something really to help people grow, not to sell my products. 
Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for being with us today, Alex. I thought it was a really rich and valuable conversation. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Oh my gosh. The conversation with Alex today, I think there's just so many great things inside of it that are meaningful and I hope you took away. But three things I want to highlight that he mentioned. One is let's lead as if your kids are watching. I think that's just so fantastic and lovely. And I think we absolutely should. I think also it's that people want to work for companies who make an impact, a positive impact in the world. We don't want to work for companies that are harming, making the world worse off, that aren't for people and planet first. And then lastly, that if we want to succeed in business, if we want to, you know, have customers pull, you know, have a pull towards us, then we need to focus on the personal aspect of business, the human aspect of business and the story, the connection, so that those people can see the value in what we're bringing to them in our product or service. And I just want to leave you with these words by Mark Batherson in his book, Chase the Lion. You are one idea, one risk, one decision away from a totally different life. Of course, it'll probably be the toughest decision you ever make, the scariest risk you'll ever take. But if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. So I say, let's be daring and brave. Let's take those actions and risks that get us a little further, that get us doing, you know, moving towards the impact we want to have in the world. And let's go after those big dreams. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And I am so passionate about today's topic about knowing what your gifts are and your passions, your background and your your talents and helping you understand how those things can come together to step into work that you care about and go after your passion and just serve the world that I would love to help you. And I am happy to jump on a brief call with you to help you through that. This is, you know, this is a free call, but I literally just want to help you start getting those you know, the the cylinders kind of moving and going so that you can step into this. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com. That's all eyes. And just let me know in the subject. I would love to talk to you. And I cannot wait to connect with some of you and help you in this way. So you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.